Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by the Peacock and Williamson podcast. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all across the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome into another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's Locked On Eagles as always, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri joining you on this Wednesday edition of the show. And Gino, it's finally game day eve for the first time in what feels like a long, long time. This has been one of the longest Eagles off seasons I can remember. But tomorrow we have a game to talk about. The Eagles kick off the preseason against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not only will we have a game to talk about, Lou, we are now going on over close to two years now since we have voted on anybody to win the second annual or now, what would you say, Mm semi-annual or biannual, whatever you want. I don't know what you would call (laughs) skipping a year, but the Ja'Cory Shepard Award. That's right. We're back. (laughs) We're back. And we've seen, I would say, Quez Watkins is probably the camp darling favorite right now. But tomorrow... We are going to see live action for the first time since, who was it, Hall, the defensive lineman that we were all oh, over um, for in 2019? That Dante everybody, Hall? No, why am, I, why am I totally blanking on his name? Deshaun Hall? De- Deshaun Hall. Deshaun yes. Hall, Deshaun that's right. <laughs> we have Mike and, Mark and Michelle is back in town, and a lot of these guys who made their presence in Eagles camp have a chance to do it again tomorrow, Lou, and it's going to be good to see these guys going against different colored jerseys because I like the question that people ask Nick Sirianni. It's like, oh, is this defense good or is your offense just can't get going? And, hey, it might say something to how good Darius Slay and Steven Nelson and the rest of the secondary is as well as this defensive line that it takes the offense a while to get going. What we'll really see in this upcoming game and then the joint practices plus those other two preseason games. So we have a lot of action against mm-hmm. opponents and not just your teammates, which really will separate the guys who deserve that 53-man roster spot and those who might get trimmed right after this game tomorrow. It's, it's a lot of real football action we finally mm-hmm. get to talk about on the podcast. We've been building up for it for months, and we get to talk about it starting today. Gino and I are going to get into who you should watch out for Tomorrow against Pittsburgh, guys that have been thriving in Eagles training camp that look to build on that momentum as they try to secure a spot on this 53-man roster. Also, guys that have some uh, some room, some ground to uh, make up starting in the preseason as they haven't had the best training camps. We're getting into that on today's edition of Locked on Eagles. We've had two other shows this week. We've got two more this week. So, ladies and gentlemen, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are available on Odyssey, on Apple, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google. And now, Gino and I are finally going over to video as well on YouTube. All our shows, Monday through Friday, are going to be posted in video form as well. 
throughout the year on YouTube. So go subscribe to our Lockdown Eagles YouTube channel. A lot of exciting content for you coming in video form as well throughout the season. Let's see what other shameless plugs do I have on Twitter as well. Follow us at Lockdown Birds, at DiBiase, L-O-E, and at GC24 underscore football. So, Gino, into the game. Nick Sirianni, the Eagles head coach, said when it comes to starters and how much they'll play tomorrow, it's kind of a, he said, a, quote, sliding scale, um, but they're going to play. And it's exciting to see Jalen Hurts and this first team out there. But I feel like when we're talking about who we're watching for, it more has to do with the backups that are going to play the majority of the game that are trying to earn their spot on the roster. I think it was Mike Florio last week during the Hall of Fame game that said, oh, now that they took the starters out, this basically is just a bunch of guys who are going to get cut, and it's basically just a practice. And to me, that is the complete opposite of how you and I look at these games. These are important positions that are going to get filled out on this team. I mean, you're talking about... 2019, Gino, changed my perspective on all of that. Like, I always took it kind of like Florio did, but mm-hmm. after seeing what those guys had to do for the Eagles in a playoff run, my perspective is totally different on, on that kind of situation. Absolutely, and I kind of think back to when they're coming off that Super Bowl run and they really were struggling to get out of the gate in the preseason. They really weren't putting up points, and we were like, oh, can this be a an indicator of how they can do early on in the season? And it seemed to be a little bit of how things went early on. So this could be a huge indicator, especially under a young coach that should want – he's going to be – cheering on these guys until the the whistle hits zero tomorrow you know that he's going to be so enthusiastic about getting all 90 guys reps or at least the ones that are healthy at this point it seems like they already have the roster to 53 with how many guys are hurt but you're going to see guys like Luke Jariga guys like Joe Osman who kind of have been going by the wayside Jannard Avery will be getting some snaps in these games we have to figure out what's happening at the safety position now that Kevon Wallace got that groin injury so there's a lot to play for in these next couple weeks here in August and man we got what 20 days before the end of the month got some big decisions coming up here for Nick Sirianni Mm -hmm. and company 100% let's get into now some specific players that we're looking out for tomorrow against Pittsburgh, Gino. And uh, we'll start with you. Like, who is the guy that you are most excited for? It could be anybody, a starter, a backup, like the one player you're honing in on tomorrow. I know people are going to hate me for saying this, but I honestly <laughs> am excited to see J.J. Ortega Whiteside play football uh, your tomorrow. Boy, you're never going to give up, especially now that he's in the slot. Well, how can I, man? I mean, talk. I can tell you how, that- man. He hasn't made a play in three years. That's how. I I understand that, but I I don't like to look at that. I want to look at what he's been doing, and in camp, people have been talking him up. They've said his route running has got a lot better, and I'm just talking about that position in general, that slot position. I had to make a little joke there with JJ, but (laughs) I'm excited to see guys like Adrian Killings have a chance to go out there and see what they can do, a converted running back to that slot receiver position. How are they going to use Kenny Gainwell? in the slot game. I'm really intrigued to see what they do there in particular, Lou. Not just yeah. one guy, but how they use that position as a whole. Because, I mean, if you look at J.J. six foot three versus Adrian Killings, who is barely as tall as myself, who's five foot eight, there's going to be a lot of versatility in how mm-hmm. they use that position in particular. And I'm really excited to see how they shuffle it around and not just line up one guy out there and obviously they won't because it's going to be a preseason game where they get multiple guys in there but how do they utilize them do they 
find that position as a big part of the game? Are they more yeah. focused on spreading the ball outside, which Jalen Hurts really does like to target outside of the numbers? But I believe this slot receiver position is up for grabs right now. And we talk about Greg Ward, you and I not wanting him to start. Okay, somebody go take that job then. Make Greg Ward not be the starter. Because yes. right now he's on track to win that position. And these couple games here are going to be what separates somebody that might be potentially be a better option than Greg Ward or two just allows Greg Ward to fall back into that position I would hope it would be the first option rather than the second I love that you started with the slot receiver position because this is was all I was thinking about yesterday and we even had a question in our mailbag about this exact topic and you're talking about of course seeing how JJ transitions inside how they're going to use Kenny Gainwell Adrian Killens but at the same time I'm glad you mentioned the first team I am fascinated to see what they do from the start of that game. We've heard right. the talk all offseason that Jalen Rager is going to be used way more inside this year, but like how how much more? Is it going to be like a mm-hmm. Nelson Aguilar type of transition in 2016 to 2017 where he is pretty much inside 99.9% of the time? Or is it where, yeah, Rager plays in there like 30 40%, but he's still at the Z a lot, and then when he's outside, is Greg Ward in the slot? Or is it... No, Rager is going to play in the slot, and that's going to give an opportunity to Travis Fulgham and or Quez Watkins to be that other outside receiver. I cannot wait to see what they do in the slot. First team, but as you said as well, to see what they do with the backups at that position as well. It's been one of the biggest question marks of the offseason. Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to place all your bets on the NFL this season. And hey, that can start tomorrow night with the Philadelphia Eagles preseason opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You can bet on the game. You can bet on the over-under. You can bet on anything. Player props, futures, you name it, game by game, all year round with the NFL, with the NBA, the NHL, the MLB, UFC, MMA action, all your needs at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you're going to receive a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is when you use our promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit at BetOnline. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And Gino, you mentioned Kenny Gainwell. I'm really glad you mentioned him as well because I'm looking forward to on offense watching the running backs behind Miles Sanders. This is a fun group. And would you say it's like, I don't know. I mean, it's not super top heavy after Sanders, but I feel like this is the deepest this group has been in quite some time, maybe since 2017 when they had Ajayi, Blunt, and Clement. Yeah, I would definitely say so. And you keep saying that you you find it hard for Jason Huntley to make this team and just based on style. I, you know what I mean? Because like what and I know but there's how good one he's thing been. that he does that the rest of the guys don't do. Lou, mm-hmm. he plays special teams. But Gainwell can too. You know, yo Kenny Gainwell's a lock. I mean, that's he's not in the discussion. I, I'm but that's my like, point. You know no, what I mean? Because like Huntley sure. has been the the camp darling so far at running back. One hundred percent. I just I'm thinking like who are the locks? It's Miles Sanders. It's yep. Boston Scott. And it's Kenny Gainwell. When you look at the styles of all three of those players, they're all pretty multidimensional. You could see all of them. They all have return experience in the college game and in the pros or the pros, you know, with Sanders mm-hmm. specifically. So I just think you're keeping three of those receiving, you know, speed type of running backs. I feel like for RB4, I don't know, maybe this is an old style of thinking, but I feel like they might want to keep one 
physical type of back like a Jordan Howard or a carry on Johnson. It has nothing to do with Huntley's performance. I think it's just stylistically what I'm thinking, how they want these guys to fit on the chart. Yeah, that's what really makes it so difficult, too, right. is because you, you also can look at the wide receiver position and say that same exact type of thing. Good point, like they, sure. They're going to keep three tight ends. It's just what they kind of do, and it's kind of on pace to go that way, I would say, with the emergence of Tyree Jackson and Richard Rodgers always being a threat to make any 53-man roster as a third tight end. But you go to the running back position, and you have that top-heavy uh, Kenny Gainwell, who should make an instant impact in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Miles Sanders, who's going to come back and continue to just break off 75-plus yard runs. Boston Scott is just a versatile piece. Can you have a guy like Huntley win it out because of the special teams element? Or does right. on Johnson, whose game is more, I would say, refined at this point? Complete, where he can maybe? Go in there? Yeah. yeah, more complete to where he can go in there and be a reliable piece in the pass protection game where a guy like Jason Huntley or Jordan Howard at this point in his career, or Evander Holyfield, Evander Holyfield, (laughs) his His son, son, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But uh, the rest of these guys that they might lack in that element. So it's going to come down to what the coaching staff's value higher do they value that pass right. protection element that carry on johnson could give you plus the receiving element or do mm-hmm. they want to go with the athleticism do they want to go for a guy who's arguably a top three in speed on the team and in terms of jason huntley and what he can do for you on special teams but outside of the depth lou i want to ask you mm-hmm. Are you freaking out as much as other people are in regards to miles sanders might not be return to that receiving threat that he was in 2019 because to me i believe kenny gainwell and boston scott do it better so why not just let miles yeah. be miles and carry the bell on the ground where he is the most explosive runner in football in terms of getting 75 yards or more i'd love to hear your take on it no that's a great question and i think they have a really good insurance policy two of them like you said right or three of them with scott Gainwell and Huntley if Sanders does have the same issues because I mean Carrion even did that too in Detroit exactly so outside of Howard they have a lot of receiving backs so they do have insurance because as much as I believe in Miles Sanders the issues were real in 2020 he did not catch the football well but my thing is you know I'm gonna bet more on him bouncing back to what he was in 2019 as a receiver Mm -hmm. where I think he was the best or if not the best, top three or top five as a receiving back. I mean, he was your only source of explosive plays in, you know, through the air without Deshaun Jackson, right? So I feel like while 2020 was the lowest of lows in the receiving game, it wasn't like 2019 was just okay. Like he was at the opposite end. He was top tier. So to me, I look at how at Penn State, he never really caught the football. So he's pretty new still to being this receiving type of back. And so giving him time, hearing him say he's been really working on that a lot this offseason, I'm thinking he is going to bounce back in that way. But I like what you said. If he doesn't and you just want to use him as a two-down back that still has crazy explosiveness in the run game, I mean, last year, even though he wasn't catching deep bombs, he was still breaking off Mm -hmm. 70-plus-yard plays a lot pretty consistently. So if that's what he's going to be, you're still set up pretty well because, like you said, you have other receiving backs. But I I don't know. I think I'm higher on Sanders than a, the consensus, at least nationally, um, this offseason. I think he's going to bounce back to where he was, at least in the receiving game, in 
2019 this year. Mm-hmm. Last year, though, running the football, I, I had no issues. I thought he ran the football more consistently last year than he did in 2019. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like With 14 different have, offensive line combinations, by the way. Yeah, you don't have to force him into the passing game because you can just right. turn around and give those receptions to one of your young wide receivers or one of your fantastic tight ends or even Kenny Gainwell or Boston Scott or on Johnson mm-hmm. and just let Miles be Miles. And that's why I'm not too worried about this yeah. offense. And They're going to have explosive plays. Will it click all the time? I don't know, but you're going to see shades of – old Miles Sanders I'm confident in that like the law of averages is only going to make him even mm-hmm. out to where he was between 2019 and 2020 and you're going to see the emergence of Jalen Rager who has looked fantastic the last week and a half in practices and some of these young wide receivers who we haven't really talked about I mean it's going to be a big night for guys like Hakeem Butler Lou and some of these guys at the bottom of the roster can they really make an impression on this coaching staff not in practices, but against another opponent. And I really believe that it makes it tough when you have Darius and Steve Nelson to evaluate your wide receivers mm-hmm. against because it's gonna, they're good cornerbacks. I mean, they're two of the better guys in the league, so it's going to be cool to see what they can do against a lot of these second and third uh, third group guys for um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I- I'm intrigued to see what will happen tomorrow night with this offense. How much – how excited should I, I should say are you to watch Milton Williams tomorrow? Like that's your guy, right? I, and yeah, he's been man. having a good camp. I feel like you are pumped to see your boy inside. I'm really excited to see line play in in the uh, preseason. I, I believe that's one spot where you can really find like if you have a gem or not. Because can can a guy play with physicality? Like does he want to compete in the fourth quarter of a preseason game? Is he going to be a guy that is willing to get hit time and time again if he's on the offensive side of the ball? And you'll really see that. And I, I'm not uh, too keen on Andre Dillard if he would have been playing tomorrow night on how he would have responded. But a guy like Milton Williams going against those those second and third group guys for Pittsburgh, he should absolutely dominate that unit. I really believe that the, the defensive front should dominate tomorrow. I mean, outside of just Milton, Lou, you're going to see the young guys like Teron Jackson and Patrick Johnson getting in there. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see Jannard Avery, who just switched from more of a traditional linebacker to more of a edge rusher and see what they use at the Sam position. Uh, I believe that it was um, Jeff McLean yesterday or, or yeah, I think it was Jeff McLean who talked about that they had five. No, it was John Clark of NBC. Mm-hmm. Sun, that's who it was that they had five down linemen yesterday in practice which to me, as somebody who is a big proponent of odd fronts, somebody who loves the versatility up front, was absolutely salivating at the mouth yesterday. I, I can't wait to see what they do and just how they really deploy the troops tomorrow, Lou. Just see the differences. The, I yeah. know they're not going to throw the kitchen sink at them, like Nick Sariani said. They're not really going to show you everything, but you're just going to see how different they are. They're going to be. They're going to show more quickness. I believe they're going to show more toughness as a team. I believe that they're going to compete longer. Uh, there was a clip of Jordan Howard the other day doing special teams drills, which I never thought I would see. Like that. That's how bought in this team is to this coaching staff, and they're doing it for the betterment of this team. And tomorrow it really starts. Can they get off the ground hot, and can they set a good first impression? Because that can go a long way. You saw how the Eagles got off to it when 
Carson Wentz came in there in that preseason game against Tampa Bay, and he really made that stadium excited. He made some big throws, and he really set the tone for what would, would be the next two years under Carson Wentz. So Jalen Hurts and the rest of that team, Nick Sirianni, this is your time to go out there and in the first couple plays, like make an impression. Like, let's go out there and have some fun tomorrow. Get back mm-hmm. to what these guys want to do. They want to play football in front of the fans. I believe the link is going to be excited to see this game tomorrow, Lou. I'm excited to watch it. I know all the fans are excited to watch it. And you should be excited to see a lot of these guys who are going to contribute in weeks 14, 15, 16, 17 into the playoffs if you were to make it because they earned a position in training camp. And that's really why I love this part of the year, because it might not pay off right away when all your guys are healthy, Lou, right? And you got all your starters in there. But when you're down to the 14th line combination in 16 games, you're really going to depend on a lot of these guys that stake their claim in these next few weeks here. Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by the best tasting protein bar that's out there. It's basically a candy bar in protein bar form. It's covered in 100% chocolate. It's Built Bar. But unlike that candy bar, that Hershey's bar, Reese's Cup, whatever your flavor is, Built Bar is a healthy alternative. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar, but they have so many delicious flavors. Nine of them, coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. I can get you 15% off at BuiltBar.com today when you head over to the website and use our promo code. It's LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for the 15% off discount at BuiltBar.com where you'll get the best tasting protein bar. Bring it to a movie theater. Bring it to the drive-in. Your Netflix and chilling. They're going to be like, what are you eating? Is that, a, is that a protein bar? It is, but take a bite. And then they'll learn why. Built Bar. I think we've seen it. As Eagles fans and analysts, 100%. we know more than anybody how important this time of year can be for I think that's why we appreciate it some more, you know, because we've seen so many guys kind of come through here that were like, okay, we really knew, do. I mean, you need 53 plus your practice. Who knows when you need Robert Davis? Yeah, Yeah, who knows when you need Joshua Perkins? And who knows when you need Greg Ward after years of being on the practice squad? So LLRB is a Super Bowl champion. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a great time of year. And, you know, I think another guy. I'm looking forward to watching too. It's, you know, for the depth, but also like the young players. We mentioned Milton mm-hmm. Williams, a 2021 draft prospect for the Eagles, a third round pick. I'm looking at another pick around that range in the fourth round that's had a really good training camp in Zach McPherson at cornerback. Sir, I'm excited to watch him at corner. He's really heading into tomorrow night with Kavon Wallace out. He's the only exciting, I think, long term defensive back that's going to play tomorrow. And so. He's been a sticky man coverage corner in camp. He is really turning heads. He's long, but unlike my boy who I love, still to this day, Razul Douglas, like this guy can move inside and out. He can man. flip and he can play man coverage both on and off, and you can put him on an island. And so, I don't know. I mean, I like the Steven Nelson signing, but you never know what happens if he struggles this year and McPherson's looking good. 
I think he's going to play. I, I don't think Nelson's – I'm not trying to say Nelson's going to get benched this year, but McPherson has looked really, really strong, and I'm excited to see him on the field starting tomorrow. So Milton Williams and Zach McPherson, especially on defense, because there's not a lot of young – like really young pieces on defense right now that we know are going to be a part of. Like the offense is where you can see the building blocks being mm-hmm. formed, whereas defense you're still like, let's kind of see that might be this next offseason. But who knows, maybe they have a nice surprise and they don't need another corner or to invest a big asset in one because McPherson turned into a stud that you found in the fourth round like you have in the past with, you know, like a guy like Josh Sweat, who's another player that's blowing up in camp this year. And going off of that, I mean – can they even th- you want to throw him inside tomorrow just to get some reps to see if he could be a potential option at nickel? I mm-hmm. mean, that's a huge position we haven't even talked about today. How right. they are going to throw every single combination of guys out there that they possibly can. That's the biggest competition on this team right now. And tomorrow going against Pittsburgh, who has a very good, deep group of young receivers I believe that the secondary will be tested, and you're going to learn a lot tomorrow. Which one of these guys can play? Which guys can run? Do they fit this new mold of what Jonathan Gannon wants, where they play more of this quarter-style system, getting away from that cover one, cover three, Jim Schwartz era? It's going to be intriguing to see how they line them up, and I don't even care if they get beat tomorrow. I just want to see if they're more physical at the line. Are they willing to go up there and really get on the toes of the wide receiver and make their life a a little bit miserable off the line when in the past they've given them just free runs off the line and it's been the downfall of a lot of what happened Mm -hmm. in the Eagles secondary. So can Jonathan Gannon get this unit to play more physical and play up to the standard of what he kind of had for his corners in Indianapolis? And you look at those guys like uh, Rocky Sin, for example, I mean, six foot, one and a half, two, two inches long arms, bigger guy. I mean, I want to see guys like Zach McPherson in the second and third quarter tomorrow when he's getting all those reps, get up in the face of a guy like James Washington or a young Deontay Johnson getting the last few of his reps in the game tomorrow. I want to see him get after it, and I I, I want to see the corners be feisty, Lou. Like, I want to get back to the days of Asante Samuel where he's right up in your face and he's going to read the ball and he's going to make a play and he might have to fight through it and get a little physical, but he's going to turn the ball over and take advantage of it and put the offense in a good position. The defense didn't do a great job of that last year, especially from the cornerback position. So get in on the wide receivers, make their life miserable tomorrow, and just play physical and competitive. That's really what I want to see out of this unit. All right, you want to do the Ja'Cory Shepard Award before we uh, wrap up? You want to make our predictions? Who we think is going to do well tomorrow? Yeah, you want to name our Ja'Cory uh, Shepard, uh, our prediction yeah. for the week? Yeah, our, our watch list prediction of the week yeah. for the Ja'Cory Shepard Award. I'm going to say yeah. Tyree Jackson, man. I think you look at a six seven quarterback to tight end mm-hmm. that's been turning heads in camp. I think you're going to see quarterbacks throw to tight ends a lot in the preseason, man. That's just the way it goes when it's vanilla like that. You check down, you go over the middle. I think Tyree Jackson's going to be that guy. I think that's a very good pick, and uh, I'm going to stay on the hot hand. I'm going Jason Huntley. I think he has a strong performance in special teams, which we haven't touched on, who I am excited to see what Aaron Sipos can do tomorrow. Apparently he's been having a strong camp. He's been having some good directional punts, and I'm not just BSing you. I literally am terrified. of what this punt unit is going to be this year now that Cam Johnston isn't there. I was so, going to say, Gino, I don't think we've mentioned that one time on the podcast this offseason. And we need to. I mean, tomorrow. When you, went, you had the best punter in the league and you lost him. 
yep, yeah, now he's gone, and you look at a game tomorrow when I'm sure there will be a lot of punts. I just want to see him be productive. But no, if I were to have to give you one guy, I would say Huntley. Uh, you talk about checking down to tight ends. They're going to be checking down to running backs a lot tomorrow when Nick Mullins and Captain Checkdown Joe Flacco are in there tomorrow. So I'll be interested to see what the offense could do if I had to look to the defense. I'm looking at a guy like Graylin Arnold, Lou. A young safety, a young versatile guy who played corner, can kind of be that cap-style safety where he's playing over a linebacker, playing over that Sam linebacker, the rush end type of deal where he's defending tight ends, defending bigger wide receivers. They're going to need depth at that safety position, Lou. Right now you have Rodney McLeod and Kavon Wallace injured. Who could step up and play outside of Anthony Harris? I think a guy like Graylin Arnold, who saw some reps last year, could have a chance to really come in and maybe take that fourth spot there. We'll find out what happens tomorrow night. The Eagles start up their preseason officially against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's go. And we're going to have a recap show tomorrow night after the game. So make sure you subscribe to Lockdown Eagles wherever you get your shows. Subscribe to us on YouTube and follow us on Twitter as well. Your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Lockdown Eagles. We're on Twitter at Lockdown Birds, at DBASI, L O E, and at GC24 underscore football. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go, Birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.